promises of God are amazing. And you know what? He doesn't go back on his promises. This okay? Pull it down. All right. And I requested the hymn, Blessed Assurance. I was talking with Ada a few weeks ago, you know, mulling over the topic that I wanted to bring forth tonight or today. And and the hymn, Blessed Assurance, it's always been a favorite of mine. And in this world, we want assurance. We want to be sure of things. And we're going to talk about that today. And I love teaching Sunday school. I teach junior high. Me and Adam, we share the the time together. And it's a blessing. And I asked a question one time, and I'm going to ask it here this morning. If you had a superpower, what would that superpower be? You know, if you could choose a superpower, what would it be? Think about it. Now, Without answering the question, where did you get your information? How did you arrive at what type of superpower you would, you would have? Where you would choose? Where, where did it come from? Did it come from the comic books? Did it come from the, the movies? Did it come from the cartoons? You know, man has given us a great imagination on what a superpower is. You know, there was a, in 1938, there was a superhero that came into existence. He was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe, Joe Schuster. Internet. And his name was Superman. He could fly like a bird with no airplane. And I was a fan of Superman when I was a young boy. I watched the old black and white. Television used to be in black and white. It wasn't always color. With George Reeves, this guy was built. And he looked like Superman. And the, and the beginning of the show, it said, faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, and able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look up in the sky, it's Superman. I wanted to be Superman. My mom made me a cape. And when Superman came on, I put on that cape. And I tried to be Superman once. I jumped off the couch. And I have the scar to prove it. As I hit the coffee table. Well, I'm not Superman. But if you had a special superpower, what would it be? I would think if I had one, I would just like to fly. Just take off and go. You know, but this is all fun. But that's not real. But you know what? We have a superpower. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to have a God-given superpower. We have a God-given superpower. The Lord has placed this superpower in our lives and in our hearts. And that superpower is faith. It's faith. 
I love what Sonny shared this morning about faith in faith is not faith. We have to have an object of faith that brings it power. You know, when I, when Sonny was saying that, I got the elbow from my wife, you know, saying, hey, listen, the Lord's driving this. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that the Lord drives this. Before, before we get any further, I need to ask him his blessing upon our time together. I need him to drive this message. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're very grateful that you have gathered us here this morning. We're thankful that you care about us. We're thankful that you love us. We're thankful that you want to talk to us. And Lord, we pray that we'll listen. We pray that we'll hear you. Hear what you have to say to us. And Lord, I pray that you speak today. I pray that it is you and not me. And Lord, we're very grateful that we're gathered here this morning. And Lord, if there's someone here that has not made that full commitment, just to say, yes, Lord, I accept you into my life. May they do that today. May they do that without hesitation. Lord, now I ask your blessing upon our time together. May it be you that speaks to us, Lord. We love and praise you in your name. Amen. So the superpower is faith. You know, we walk around this world and we live out our days faithfully at some degree or another. You know, and it's really been on my heart the past couple of months to to observe what we do and how we do it and just kind of being more in, a, in an observation mode. You know, and I'm standing on the street corner and there's cars going by me at 30, 40 miles an hour, five feet away from me. You know, I'm trusting that that driver is not being distracted, not fumbling with their iPhone, not fumbling with the kids in the back. And we just trust that they're going by on their way. We trust people. People promise us things. You know, when we buy things, we're looking for guarantees and warranties, which are promises that if something goes wrong, they'll take it back. You know, there's many words that are associated with faith, trust, belief. You know, at the break here, we have a scripture memory class and our topic is trusting in the Lord. And that helped drive this topic here this morning, trusting in the Lord. Where are we putting our trust? Where do we put our confidence to live out our days here on this earth? Where do we get our information? What influences us? Is it what the world gives us? Television. Oh, that's a biggie. And I'm always amazed. And you ever thought about why they turn up the advertisement volume on the commercials? The volume always gets increased. You're listening to a quiet movie, and then all of a sudden the commercial comes on and the, and the volume goes up. The world wants to sell us things. But God has given us an opportunity to trust in him, to give our lives to him, who promises us 
makes many promises. He will never leave us, never forsake us. It was shared here this morning uh, during the break at the Bible memory class that the verse that we were studying, Psalm 27, 14, wait on the Lord. Be strong and take courage. Wait on the Lord. Came in handy. Her family was across the United States and suffering hardship. And that verse comforted her heart. That in spite of someone being close to them on the other side of the country going through a difficult situation, she was able to trust in the Lord. Trust. Today's scripture is going to be out of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And this is often called, I've heard it referred to as the Hall of Faith. But it talks about what faith is. Description of faith. And we're going to start in verse 1. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The assurance. The surety. The conviction of things not seen. For by it, the men of old gained approval. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Like I said, who doesn't want to be sure of things in their life? Faith in the Bible talks about not just blind optimism, Not just a hope-so feeling. And it's definitely not a superstition. None of these have any basis to give our lives over to. True Bible faith is confident, obedient in what God says. In spite of the consequences and in spite of the circumstances. Simply, God speaks... We hear it, we trust it, and we act upon it. God speaks, and we hear it, we believe it, and we act upon it. Circumstances in our life may look impossible. The consequences may be unknown. But doing what God's word says and believing and trusting in him by faith is the right thing to do and gives us the best results. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. You know, these eyes here, we see things. And it's temporal or temporary, meaning they don't last. For the things which, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You know, the amazing thing about God, one of the things that I I just say, this is your thing and I trust in you, God. He's always been. He created this universe. And he always will be. Now, I can kind of wrap my fingers around my head around 
created the universe and always will be, but has always been, that I just got to trust you, Lord. But that's amazing to always be in existence. Because we as humans, we have to have a beginning and an end. A start and a finish. But God has always been. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We've heard this before. We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith. Faith in God. You know, those without faith in God fail to realize faith is only as good as the object of faith. Like I said, said before. What are we? Where is our faith? Faith is not just some feeling. It's our response. It's our response to what God has revealed to us. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 2, it has three points here. Substance. Evidence. And testimony. Now, substance means to support. You know, I'm standing up on this uh, stage here, hopefully that there's a good structure underneath this beautiful carpet that's holding me up. I'm trusting in it. I have faith that whoever built this built it correctly, and I'm not going to fall through. See, we walk by faith in, in so many things in our lives. You know, we have faith that the keys in our, our pocket will work in the car to take us home. Where's our substance? Faith to a Christian is like a foundation to a building. Faith to a Christian is a, like the foundation to a building. It's what it rests on. It's what it is built on. As being a building inspector, a foundation inspection is very, very critical. It's examined in detail. It is constructed with numerous calculations to hold up the weight of a building. The foundation has to be built and has to be correct to hold up that weight. Faith to a Christian is like a foundation to the world or to a to a building. Evidence. Evidence. Where are we getting our evidence? And evidence is our inward conviction. It's what we believe in. You know, I was uh, recently in a uh, a court proceeding. And I was called in as a witness uh, concerning a case between a uh, owner and and a contractor. And I was asked to give my testimony. I was asked to be a witness. And uh, I just basically told the truth, what it was, and then I left. I had nothing to do with the outcome of the the decision. All I did was give my statement and answer the questions. But they took what I said as evidence. So they took it as actuality. What had happened. 
And in the scripture also it talks about testimony. Testimony. What do we see that, that, that drives our faith? You know, we have witnesses everywhere. We have examples um, of people in their faithful lives everywhere. You know, we can all look at Adel and Sylvia. I have for years. My brother Mike and his wife, I'm here because of what I saw in them. And now, my family's here. My kids are here. My grandkids are here. Because I saw in other people evidence. And I saw a testimony about God. What He can do to a person's life. In this portion of Hebrews chapter 11, I'm not going to read it all the way, but it talks about faith. In verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared, that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. That's amazing. The worlds were prepared by the word of God. And you know, it kind of goes along with what the scientists are starting to figure out. That matter is from energy. And when someone speaks, sound waves go out. That's energy. So I think Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, has a lot of merit. As, as, as amazing as it sounds that God can speak and the worlds come into existence, we have faith that that's what he did. So that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. You know, we talk about the atoms and, you know, things like that, that we can't see with our eyes. But God created them and put them all together and made matter and made the worlds and made us. And it goes on and on just by speaking. We have faith in that. We weren't there, but we trust in God that he did that. And in verse 4, it says, By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. And it goes on and on. Verse 5, it says, By faith, Enoch was taken up so that the world would not see death. By faith, Noah, in verse 7, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark. You know, you think about Noah, too, and the faith that he must have had to build an ark. In the desert, that took him an enormous amount of time and effort. But then look what happened. Look what happened. Who was right and who was wrong? Noah was right. He followed God. In verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he listened to God. He went out, not knowing where he was going. He heard. He listened to God's word. He listened to God. And it created action in his life. 
In verse 11, it says, even by faith, Sarah herself received the ability to conceive. Even beyond the proper time of life. And it continues. In verse 20, it says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. 21, by faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each one of his sons, Joseph, and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. 22, by faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel. Verse 23, by faith, Joseph, uh, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents. And 24, it says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughter. The Bible is loaded with people who walked by faith. And they accomplished great things. Historical things. Monumental things. What if Noah had said, ah, I'm not building a boat. This looks crazy. But no, he listened to God. And why are these examples in this in the word of God? Why are they here? To give us a testimony. To give us evidence of how good God is and what he can do in a person's life. You know, God has given us this time here on this earth. He's given us a purpose. He's given us a reason. We're not just here by accident. And in verse 12, uh, uh, chapter 12, verse 1 of Hebrews, it talks about a great cloud of witnesses. What are these great cloud of witnesses? These are the ones that have been presented to us before. These are examples of these great people of faith. God has given us his word. He's given us promises. Bill McDonald states, faith begins where possibilities end. If it is possible, then there is no glory for it, for God in it. You know, we see things in our lives and some of it looks impossible. Some of it's impossible. What do we do? Where do we go? But with God and how he acts upon it and how he changes it gives him glory. And we want to give God glory. We want to give God glory because we want people to understand who God is and what he can do. Our faith is a, is, a, is a living thing that's in our hearts. And we need to grow it. We need to nurture it. And how do we do that? How do we grow our faith? Well, one of the things is we need to walk and we need to live around other people. We're going to get to God's word in a minute. But we need to surround ourselves with godly influences. We need a fellowship with one another. As iron sharpens iron, we learn from examples. You 
We need to be in God's word. Study God's word. Because it tells us things that we don't know. It gives us an understanding of who God is. It encourages us. Think about the verse that was shared this morning. She was having a difficult time because her family was across the United States in trouble. But God's word helped her. God's word gave her comfort. Our faith in God can give us courage when we're afraid. It can give us strength when we are weak. It can give us information when we have no answers. You know, these these people in the Bible and the miracles that they came through were to be examples for us to follow. You know, you think of David and the giant. How he slung the giant down. You know, we have giants in this world. There's a lot of questions in this world that, that we often ask. How am I going to pay the bills? Am I raising my children right? Am I going to keep my job? There's a lot of unknowns. You know, the other day I, I have those, uh, that key card, you know, to get into the building. And it's got a uh, security reader on it. Well, the security function wasn't working. And I went to key the, my, my ID in, and the door, door wouldn't open. So I thought for a minute, whoa, that's not a good sign. Do I still have a job? Maybe they're trying to tell me something. So I called my boss, and he let me in. The, the security panel was out. But just for a moment, I was unsure. We have a lot of questions. Am I raising my children the right way? And we got the big question. What am I going to, where am I going to go when I die? When am I going to go when I leave this world? The thing is, is that we all will eventually. Where are we going to go? But God has promised us something. In his infinite wisdom, his infinite love, he has promised us eternal life. Eternal life in heaven. There's one requirement for us. It's just to say, yes, Lord. I accept you into my heart. I accept you into my life, and I take you as my Savior, and I trust in you. I trust in your promises. I believe in you, confident of this, 
that when my days here are done, I will spend eternity with you in heaven. A relationship with God is very simple. It can be. But we make it difficult. We make it difficult. You know, we were talking about it at the break here at our, at our little scripture class. Do we really trust the promises of God or are we looking over our shoulder waiting for him to respond? Lord, you're not acting quick enough in my plan here. Do we get involved instead of just trusting him and submitting everything to him? Giving everything to him. The tactics that are being used, the circumstances, and the consequences. We have a tendency to get in the way. Because some promises of God take time. And we have to be patient. Our patience needs to grow. Which is what our faith depends on. You know, we can't ask God, God, please help me with this. And then then stand back and fold your arms and tap your foot and wait for God to respond. He doesn't work that way. You know, we have a tremendous opportunity here at this church. To hear God taught. To hear God practiced. For faithful examples that walk amongst us. As we observe each other in our lives. As we're taught God's word. This enables us to go out into this world and to be an example You know, we're around people every day at our jobs, at our schools, in our families. And we're to shine the light of God in this dark world. May your faith be encouraged. May thoughts be stirred. Stirred and directed towards God. He's there waiting for us. He wants to be active in our lives. He wants to take control of our lives. Not in a a manner of negativity, but in a positive uh, way of taking our lives and directing our lives. Just like these great, great men and women of God in, in Hebrews 11. The Moseses. The Josephs. The Davids, these great people of God. You know, don't let this opportunity slip away. Now's the time to examine ourselves. How's my faith with God? Am I trusting you? Am I believing you? Am I depending upon you? Every day we need to ask that. We can get diverted very easily. 
And we need to be steered right back to where God wants us to be. I'd like to close today. Heavenly Father, we're very thankful. Thankful that you're here with us. Thankful that you love us. Thank you that you care for us. And thank you that you came down to this world in the form of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, you lived amongst us. And eventually you went to the cross for us. And Lord, we're very grateful for that. We're very grateful on that that sacrifice that you made for our redemption. And Lord, we ask as we go out into this world and walk amongst amongst this, this world, Lord, that our faith be encouraged, our faith be strengthened. Lord, we love you very much. We're very grateful for what you've done for us, Lord. And Lord, we ask your blessing upon the remainder of our day and upon the remainder of our days here on this earth, Lord. We love you and we praise you in your name. Amen.